wow, I get to see you come to life for other things, you know, other than me. And although I, I'm so glad I get to be a part of that, I know I'm not like the only thing you have in your life. And I love that I get to see you as a human and a person again. Seeing her, it allowed me to let my guard down a little bit. And it allowed me to experience these things that I was intentionally depriving myself of because I felt like it would, it would throw me off course. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. You are listening to Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian with Couples Synergy. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at www.couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue we can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Charlie and Julie, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. It is awesome to have you guys here. And you guys are also owners of... Muscle activation in Schaumburg, correct? That is correct. And you also have your own podcast. We do indeed. It's called Exercise is Health. That's actually our latest adventure this year. So that's our newest growth to our company and our business. That is awesome. Very exciting. Well, welcome. Thank you. To our home bar down here. This thing is amazing. <laughs> I know. I wish you guys all can see this if you're listening. But it, we, we've been trying to get you guys down here for a while now. Well, you've, you've succeeded. We are, we are here. We are ready. Whenever you want to invite us back. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to come. Yes. Well, we're going to start out with a with question. big question yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Right on. Here we go. How'd you guys meet? Oh, I love this. Do you want to start? Yeah. yeah. Tell the so, whole story. Okay. Well, Charlie's better with dates, so I can give details and then you can just give the dates some of that. So we actually met in a class that was being hosted in Ohio. I was living in Naples, Florida, and Charlie was in downtown Chicago. And this was March 2012. How old were you guys? I was 24 at the time. I was 20. So we met there. I came with two other people from my training studio and Charlie was alone. And my friend wrote in my book, you should date Charlie. And I said, and I looked at her and I said, who's Charlie? And she goes, the other young person in the front. So that has been like our, it it was written on a page nine dot dot three. So that's been our little thing now. So we met in a class and I went from there. Yeah. Yeah. So we met March of 2012, like Julie said. And, and then at the end of class, I said, Julie, here's my business card. If you're coming back next time, call me if you need a ride or if you have any other questions about the MAT specialist program, I'd be more than happy to answer that. Okay? So that's your game. Right. So I, so, so I did that. Right. So I, so I did that. There's about a month between classes. I was going back. I had no idea whether she was going to go back or not. I hadn't heard anything from her. 
And it turns out she was back at that second class. Oh, awesome. Okay. So we talked some more about it, you know, kind of same kind of uh, discussion going into the specialist program or going to grad school at the end of the weekend. I did the same thing. I said, here's, here's, my, my, card. here's my card. If you have any other questions about the program, let me know. Just networking. Right? <laughs> um, and so I drove back because I, I was driving to and from Chicago to Columbus and then back to Chicago. I drove back. It was about a six-hour drive. And when I got back to my apartment, she had added me as a friend on Facebook. Oh. And what was it? So I didn't. I had no idea what her last name was. All I knew uh, before was that her name was Julie that she was from Florida and that she was into fitness. That was cute. Well, she was super cute, but, that, <laughs> but you can't like search cute on Facebook. So there was, there were, was you, very, were you interested at the time when you gave her your card? Yeah, I thought she was super cute. Is there a reason you didn't ask for her number? Uh, yes, because I was very shy as well. Oh, okay. yeah. She's um, really shy and introverted. Super shy. So... I sent her a message and say, Hey, you know, thanks so much for the friend ad. I hope your flight home went well. And she responded back. And they, that was that. That was April. I was not going to be back at that May course. So I knew if, if I didn't see her again in April, I probably wasn't going to see her again. But finally, the opportunity for me to take that third weekend came up later that summer in July. So I sent her a message on Facebook. I said, Hey, I'm going to take this class. And I sent her via Facebook message. I didn't hear back. I didn't hear back. She probably waited like 10 days, sent me a message back and she sent all these questions back. So then I would respond back and then I'd wait eight days. And then get a reply. The, the questions were about muscle activation. Yeah, yeah, oh, they're, education. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, they're all they're like, okay, yeah, they're like, okay, well, you don't Julie, worry. Were, about you, this were you interested at the time? Not when I first met him. Okay, like I thought he looked like a jock. He had a shaved head, you know, and a beard. <laughs> it's just like, not my style. No glasses. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Yeah, he was totally different. So I wasn't that interested. But I thought it was cool that he was interested in the same things I was interested in, mm. and in my where I was living at the time, I was alone. Like I had no MAT people around me. I had no, what we were studying was called RTS, resistance training specialist. So I didn't have any people like that around me. So it was cool that someone was talking to me and was able to talk to me about something I enjoyed talking about mm -hmm. too. So that piece I really liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we go back and forth via Facebook message, but um, part of the challenge was she only had a flip phone. So she had to keep going oh, back to yeah. her computer to be able to uh, go back and forth via Facebook message. And after doing that for a few weeks, she just got fed up with it. She said, all right, here's my number. Just text me. So got our number. So we started texting back and forth and then the communication was a lot easier. And from that point, we started studying via Skype every Thursday night at um, eight o'clock. Yeah. At nine o'clock my time. Nine o'clock her time, eight o'clock my time. Still on your calendar. It's still on my calendar. Day. Yeah. My, my, my Google <laughs> calendar study with Julie. So it pops up every Thursday. We didn't study that, that much. I think we, <laughs> we started. I think we, the time we started tr truthfully, the first time we studied. And then after that, it was less studying. Yeah, um, like, How are you? Yeah. Finally, my Thursday night. Right. Yeah. So that was that. And you know, that was the summer of 2012. Yeah. And then in October, the end of October 2012, she decided to take a trip up. And she decided to do a long weekend in Chicago. Mm. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. We hung out and we we went to a pumpkin patch. Was that a date? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it was, you knew what you were, you were just coming to Chicago to visit. No, no. yeah, I was coming, coming to, to see him. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now we do a pumpkin patch every year too. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like this is sometimes I always think I'm like, this is kind of getting lame and old, but eventually 
maybe we'll have kids and it's we can take part them. of your history. Right. Yeah. 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 No, but it was fun. We, we yeah. did that and we, we did a lot of hanging out. So some seeing of the city and just, you know, really getting to know each other better outside of, um, outside of the academic sense. And, but, but the challenge still was that she was down in Naples and I was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so we, we found ourselves doing, actually, after that weekend, we didn't see each other for about three months. Yeah. Um, there was scheduling difficulties. Eventually, in the beginning of February of 2013, she flew back up. We did another long weekend. And then we saw each other about once a month from there. Um, I would go down there or she would come up. And we did that until the beginning of May of 2013. She came up and that's when she decided that that she wanted to re- really make a move mm. up to the Chicago area. That's a big decision. It's a big decision. Yeah, a big decision. And, and at that time, I had already decided, already signed my lease to move out from the city out to Schaumburg. So when she was going to be moving up, she wasn't going to be moving into the city. She was going to be moving out into the suburbs. But yeah, it was something that, that she wanted to do. So, yeah. so end of May of 2013, I flew down there and we kind of finalized plans, booked tickets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the end of June of 2013, um, I flew down one way. Her car was already packed up. She picked me up at uh, RSW and we drove straight up to Schaumburg. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. At what point did you guys consider yourselves a couple? And was that an official thing or was it just something you kind of started saying the words like boyfriend girlfriend I think I think we we felt like we were a couple before like I actually flew to visit him for the first time but then I think after our first visit that's when yeah I was like you're my boyfriend yeah no yeah. I, I, w- I would agree with that I would agree with that I think there were times when we were doing long distance where for me, it was very frustrating because I felt like I was in a relationship with my phone mm-hmm. more than anything. Sure. Because I mean, I'm supposed to be in this relationship with a person, but my whole time is spent, you know, texting or you know, very rarely. We'd actually very rarely talk on the phone. It was mostly texting, and she didn't have an iPhone at the time. So every once in a while, we would Skype. And the problem was, every time we'd Skype, it was always at the end of the night, mm-hmm. and. At, at this stage in my career um, was when I was going through this time where I was, I was sleeping three hours a night. So inevitably what happened. Yeah. So she would, she would call me on Skype and no joke within 10 minutes of me sitting down, I would be out. Wow. And she would be so pissed. She I was like, be, you're away for 23 hours a day. I mean, 20, 21, 21 hours, hours a day. And you can't spend 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. So she, she so that, that was rough, but that, but it was also rough because you know, part of a relationship is this human connection. Piece. Yeah. And I, I felt sure. like that was missing. So mm-hmm. that was really difficult. So when, when she moved up, that was such a relief. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's very interesting because, you know, there are a lot of couples that struggle with long distance relationships and, and that's a huge challenge. And so what you're talking about there is, you know, th- some of those challenges, yeah. you know, I have a client who, um, is his relationship. She's down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they fall asleep with FaceTime sure. every night. Wow. You know, and that, that's, a, that's a pretty big challenge. So yeah. did you ever have any any thoughts about that? Like, oh, I'm in a long distance relationship. How is this going to work? Have any doubts come up? I think that was probably our rockiest time of our relationship because yeah. we were the obviously the least familiar with each other. Yeah. Because we had literally met the year before and spent, you know, 
20 days together physically. But I think we were both in a time in our lives of like early twenties where we were like growing and learning so much in our business that we had so much other stuff on our plate that it was almost nice to have someone to like relate to, but not have to give time to until we realized we liked each other enough that it was like, Okay, well, now it sucks that we don't get to hang out, you know, before it was nice because I didn't have to spend three hours with you, Mm -hmm. you know, every day. But now I want to. So I think it kind of gave us the opportunity to grow and learn about each other. Mm -hmm. But then it it did become very apparent. It was like, this is either going to end very soon or just be like awful for a while or we're going to have to be together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how was the decision made for, for you, Julie, to move up versus you, Charlie, to move down? That was, I, I, as I recall, I was pretty stubborn about not moving. Like me, <laughs> me personally, I, yeah. I felt, I felt like the vision I had in my head, I was very set uh-huh. with where I was at. I was very adamant about not moving to Florida because I didn't like the heat. And, and I thought I'm going to be you know, so miserable there. Um, you like the cold here in Chicago? You know, I actually, I'm pretty fond of the cold <laughs> wow. in, in all honesty. Okay. Yeah. So if, if I, if I had my choice at that time, uh-huh. I would definitely choose cold hands down. Yeah. Um, but I felt like seeing the things that, uh, the progression of things that I wanted in my career, mm-hmm. um, Chicago or the Chicago area was a place that I needed to be. And I felt Florida would, would have, put a restraint on that. Mm-hmm. And and I was very adamant that if if this was gonna go forward, I was I was not going to Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt I felt kind of the exact opposite. Like in my life, I was really unhappy with what was going on in my my world. You know, I had just graduated college. I would move back home. I was doing something that I felt like was not what I originally intended to do, which was work in a gym. It was just very, very stressful. And I think a lot of people in the early 20s go through this of like trying to figure out, you know, their own values and their own life and their own passions outside of, you know, I guess the family life and then the college life. And so I was really unhappy with what was going on. So I was actually planning to move anyways. And I was trying to convince my best friend. I was like, what about taxes? What about blah, blah? What about blah, blah? But I had gotten to a point in my life where I was so unhappy that I was like, I just need to leave. Like I need to get out of my Mm. space and why not go to Schaumburg? And so in my head, when I moved, I was like, well, if it doesn't work out, I needed to move anyways. Because I felt like I needed... I knew I needed a big change Mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to do that in the space where I was. I probably could have probably moved an hour away and just been fine. But I think you thought differently though. Like when I moved, you were like, okay, this is serious now. Oh yeah. No. And I thought differently. I was like, oh, you know, did you you move in together when you moved up here? Kind of. So she, she definitely spent a lot of time in my apartment, but she did have a lease somewhere else where she was, she sub sublet Mm -hmm. a place with a roommate or a couple of roommates for about a year. But yeah, no, in, in my head, uh, I, I had it set that if, if she was going to move up, if I was going to make somebody or somebody was going to relocate because what I felt was because of me, mm-hmm. there was no way that I was not going to make it work. Mm-hmm. So that it was, it was working one way or another. Uh, there was no thought of, Oh, well, she might come up and six months later we may, we may break up. Right. Like, no, no. If she's coming up, like this is for so the long you goal. felt more dedicated then because Absolutely. of that reason. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What was it about the other person that you fell in love with? So 
I, I would say the first thing that I fell in love with was her, her energy, her joy, her smile, and her playfulness. Those were things that I felt like in my life at that time, I felt like I was really structured. I was really rigid and I wanted to have that side. I felt like I did have that side of me, but I felt like I couldn't let it come out. Mm-hmm. Because if I did, I felt like I'd be slipping. Mm. Like I would, I would not let myself do anything to throw me off course. Mm-hmm. And so, seeing her, it allowed me to let my guard down a little bit, and it allowed me to experience these things that I was intentionally depriving myself of because I felt like it would, it would throw me off course. And I loved that. So, so you know, her, her playfulness, her mm-hmm. artistic creativity, mm-hmm. uh, her ability to dance and just, I remember her, one of the things I remember is uh, her first trip up, we're walking down the sidewalk and she's just explaining to me like how she'll run these group fitness classes and the, the different cues that she would give. And she's like doing them as she's going down the streets. And just to <laughs> see somebody have just that, that total like inhibition of their, mm-hmm. of their self-confidence. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, as they're going down the street, I was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be around that. So that, that was, uh, that was a big draw for me. Sounds yeah. like she became your muse almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah and for almost, sure. I felt, I was going to say that, like, I felt like very hooked on Charlie too when I met him because I think in, in my world and my life at the time, I was struggling with the direction, the confidence that I could do what I actually wanted to do and succeed. Mm. And that was the big thing that Charlie brought to me was like, you can do, like, if you love MAT, you can do it and you can be great and be successful Mm -hmm. at it and help people. Whereas in my world, I wasn't getting that from anywhere as well as any of my other passions. You're like, whatever you want to do, like jump into them and do them and Mm -hmm. you're going to be great at it. And, and I didn't really get that from other things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was my first thing that I loved about Charlie was like, he thinks I'm awesome. That's so great. Like I could be great human if I have someone that thinks I'm awesome all the time, you know, because whatever I want to do. You guys didn't just fall in love. You fell into life together. Yeah. In a a, a lot of ways. It's just, it really, really clicked Mm -hmm. uh, from the get go. So it was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It sounded like you you guys provided needs for each other, Mm -hmm. right? You you being this validation piece for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big time. What what were your guys' lives like before you met? How was dating? How was that kind of stuff for you guys before you met? I had two boyfriends with the same name, which is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I was like, That's people were like, are you going to yeah. date like many more Ryans? Because <laughs> there's been two in a row. So I don't know. I had like, I had some kind of serious relationships. Maybe one was a year, one was eight months. And those were my big ones, I guess. But nothing crazy, like... I was in high school and college, so... So you um, didn't really go on little dates a lot, or... I would... We would go on little dates and stuff, but, like, one was really into, like, activity, outdoor adventure stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, and the other one, like, I felt like he was a puppy, and I was, like, pulling him along on, like... I felt like I was on the growth pattern, and he was like, I'm settled in already, so I knew I needed someone, like, that would push me and help me grow. And I think mm-hmm. from those two relationships, I learned a lot. Like, okay, I need someone a little more serious and grounded than the person that only wants to go do adventures and never like invest in themselves or grow, whatever. 
And I need someone also that's not like pulling me back mm-hmm. and not allowing me to grow and explore and do different things. Someone so. encouraging as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So they were just not great fits. For me, it was basically non-existent. Uh, I had one girlfriend the second semester of my senior year of college mm-hmm. that went on for technically a year. But after we graduated college, we were doing a long distance thing for the, the second half of that year. So it was, it was really basically a six month relationship um, and then kind of got dragged on for another six months. For me, that was it. Like, I never dated in high school. Um, I, I never dated earlier than, in co- earlier than that in college. And, and the big thing for me, one, it was one, it was a confidence thing. Um, I really struggled with that. Uh, but Secondly, it was also a, a priorities thing. In high school, I was very focused on basketball. Um, in in college, I was very focused on basketball and my training. And then after college, I, I was very focused on my uh, you know my my academics path with the MAT and all that studying. And I didn't I didn't want anything to get in my way of that. And I felt like a relationship would. So we lightened you up. Yeah, no, big time. So it was it was like it was was like truly like non-existent for me. Your mom was so happy when she found out like you were like interested in a girl. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I remember we posted that first picture on Facebook and she's like, triple like XO, love that girl. Like, yeah, I've known her for five hours. How, how long from when you guys started dating did it take to get engaged? From when we first started dating until we... Forever. <laughs> no, um, just under three and a half years. So we started dating October of 2012, the very end of October 2012, October 30th. And we got engaged on April 12th, 2016. She says it takes forever. I, I say that... If it would have happened any sooner, she wouldn't have the ring that she has. Oh. So it's a trade-off. You wait longer. You're saving up for exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, so okay. that's that's the trade-off. But um, yeah, that's that's how long it, it took. So I, so the question, the follow-up question then would be, when did you know that you were going to propose to her mm-hmm. to start saving up for that ring? I knew over a year in advance that I was gonna that I was gonna propose to her. Um, I didn't know when. Well, all right, let me say this. I, I knew long before that, like I said, in my head, when she moved up, I was going to figure out a way to make it work. But I really felt like a, a year before that, uh, or a year and a half before that, I knew in my head that, yeah, this is definitely going to be for the long haul. Uh, I just need to figure out a way to, to save up for it. And yeah. Yeah. What was it like waiting for you? Well, we were, we are opening a business and running the business. So, I mean, we were never not busy with that and it never felt not serious because it was like, okay, well, I'm your business partner. So what are you going to do? Break up with me or something? So it always felt like, it always felt like we were already like a forever couple in my head. Um, but you know, like regular stuff, I'd be like, oh, you know, when we are married, <laughs> Okay. Is it like, oh, oh, we're going to this really nice restaurant. Maybe it's this night. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of thought that because, because we were supposed to go to Hawaii and then the trip got canceled and I thought, 
That would have been a great time to propose to me. And I was right. You were going to propose to me. That was a plan. That was a plan. That so, was a plan. I would have been so, like, I've been wanting to go to Hawaii forever. Like, yeah. that would be great. So I, so part of the thing with MAT is I teach for MAT. And at the time, teaching meant traveling. So I was going all over to travel. I was yeah. going out to Tampa. I was going to Seattle. I was going to DC. I was going to Calgary. I was going, um, I had trips lined up to London. I had trips lined up to Hawaii to go teach there. And what it was going to be was, Instead of sending me to Maui three different times, they were going to send me for essentially back to back weekends. So we'd be there for about 10 days. Um, so the plan was, you know, I would be teaching six of the days. Mm-hmm. We would have five days where we could go explore the island and I was going to four days. And so I was going to go propose during that time. So that was a plan. The, the challenge was there was a certain minimum number of students that needed to be signed up well in advance and they didn't hit that number. So they canceled the class. No. So then I needed to figure out a new plan. But yeah, that was that was the idea. Mm. So now for our one anniversary trip, right? Yeah, right. Hawaii. Exactly. Maybe we should do that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 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 how how did the engagement go? Uh, it was great. I mean, they um so this is this is what happened when when the class got canceled, I knew I needed to figure out a new a new plan. Mm-hmm. And her birthday was coming. Our birthday is April 11th. And we had a bunch of Hilton points saved up and whatnot and say, you know, why don't we do a trip downtown Chicago, stay at a Hilton on points in order to, you know, to, to celebrate her birthday. It was, she was turning 25. So it was going to be like a landmark birthday. And mm-hmm. that was the thing. I started writing, and I'm glad you brought this up. Um, I, I, I started, really I started writing these, uh, these cards and, the cards would say on the on the front, um, they'd say reasons why, dot, dot, dot. And she would open it up and say, I love you. And then I'd list them in fives. And so I'd, I'd write five reasons why I loved her. And I would just leave them randomly. And I started doing this shortly after the trip got canceled. So like in January of that year. Mm-hmm. And I left them, I left them. So it was five. And then they would go in numerical orders. Six to, you know, it was 16 to 20, 26 to 30. And they would keep, they would keep going up, okay? Then on her birthday, I left her one that said that was reasons. It was like 80, 86 to 90, you know, reasons why I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next. So then. So that was on her birthday. The next day we go downtown uh, April 12th. We go downtown and we did a bunch of stuff. We did a wine tour. We did some uh, some walking around, some sightseeing. And then we go to dinner at Cite, um, which is yeah. it's a really cool place. It was recommended by our jeweler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I kept it, being like, who recommended the restaurant we're going yeah. to? So, our jeweler. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a jeweler. Right. So, so we have one. If, if for the listeners, if you haven't been to Cite, it's right on Lakeshore Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, on one side, you can see Lake Michigan. On the other side, you can see the city. Mm-hmm. And it was a Tuesday night, so it was pretty low-key. We were able to get a table that was right on the windows uh, overlooking the city. It was really cool for me for having that seat is because I could see the apartment, the very first apartment I lived in in Chicago. (laughs) And for me, it was like, okay, like that's where I started. And like, this This is is where we are today. Like that, that was, that was a really cool moment for me. So what had happened was we're sitting at dinner and I was, (laughs) 
She the, the beginning of dinner, she gets up to go to the bathroom. And if you ever go to dinner with her, she gets up to go to the bathroom like three, four times. Okay. So I'm figuring, all right, she's going to get to go, go up to go to the bathroom, you know, maybe in like an hour or two. And then I'm going to, you know, do the thing then. She never got up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, like I'm drinking water, trying to get her to drink some water. Um, I'm like, oh, don't you need to go to the bathroom? Yeah, don't you need to go? Like, I think I might need to go to the bathroom. Get up, go to the bathroom. And like, she's still sitting there. I'm like, Okay. So, did so, you know? I'll tell my story. Okay, okay. Okay. So, so eventually, I'm just all right. She's clearly not getting up to go to the bathroom. Like dessert has come and gone, and like they're about to bring the bill and kick us out. Uh, so, all right, th- this has to happen. So they are. They're br- they're bringing dessert. Or they're bringing you know an- another glass of wine or something, and when they bring it, I set down another card in front of her, uh, and it says reasons why dot 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 on the inside I love you and at the top was a quote oh no no I screwed up the story because on your birthday it was reasons 91 92 93 mm-hmm. 91 92 93 was on her birthday and then at the top of the the engagement card it said one doesn't need a reason to be loved one is loved because one is or something like that. It was a quote from the alchemist, which is my favorite book. Mm. And so I wrote that. And then underneath it said over the last nine dot dot three days, I've given you nine dot dot three reasons why I love you. Now I want to take the next nine dot dot three years to show you why and or show you how it's, it's something like that. And so she she read that and then as she's reading it, I pulled the ring box out. And and so she she looks at she looks at the ring box and she looks at me and she opens up the ring box and I the ring was already out, so the ring box was empty. And so she's, <laughs> she she open, she opened up the ring box and she gets this perplexed look on her face as she opened up the ring box. Then I get down on Wendy and I pull the ring out of my pocket yeah. and I, I proposed to her then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um, I don't know if you know this. Maybe this is the first time you're going to hear this. <laughs> People always ask me that, and I'm like, so first let me let you know that 50 percent of us thought it was a surprise. <laughs> so I knew it was happening because like Charlie doesn't plan like we don't Charlie doesn't like initiate big trips like that I felt like so um yeah I kind of knew it was happening and uh he also like really wind me up before that like we had, I had like six glasses of wine and I'm usually like a one and done girl so I'm like reading this card like like squinting my eyes like what what does this mean exactly but I actually felt like I kind of let him down because I thought you thought it was a surprise. Yeah. And I didn't do like the whole like movie like, oh, my God, tears running down my face. Blah, blah, blah. I was actually like, oh, my gosh, it's 1130. Maybe it's just not happening tonight, you know, because I was getting so late. I'm tired. I've had so many glasses of wine and I was struggling to understand the note. Um, so I actually felt really bad after that because I felt like I didn't give you the reaction that you wanted. But uh yeah, now you can know. <laughs> now you can know why I didn't do that. And, you know, that's an interesting thing for women is we have to wait. Yeah. We don't know. And they yeah. get to plan everything and they get to know everything. And so does family members and stuff. And we just sit and wait. Yeah. And it's hard because if you ask, it ruins it. And if you don't ask... And you're, you're almost, yeah, yeah. It it's, is hard, it's a hard thing, thing for girls. Yeah. Well, I, I think it would be, you know, it's interesting, like 
thinking about what the reaction is supposed to be like, mm. right? Versus the way it is. And, you know, I think the media and movies and everything yeah. make it out to be something that it, it really isn't in reality. Yeah. Right. So your reaction was the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I literally, although I felt like I knew it was coming, I was in sh- like, I felt like in shock for like two and a half days. Mm-hmm. But like my heart was just like, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> you know, even though I was like, oh yeah, yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Staring at my, <laughs> staring at my hand. But I didn't have like the mover reaction that I like thought I would have only because like, that's what you see. Like you don't see people getting engaged all the time. So, but it was really great. It was, it was awesome. It felt like it felt right. It felt cool. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> like we're on the next level and not because we wanted to be the next level, but it felt like physically we had taken the step that I had felt for a while. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. It was like a confirmation of yeah. what you guys were already living. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What were uh, some of the messages about relationships that you were taught growing up? One thing that comes to my mind is just you know, having having uh, respect for your partner um, on a, a number of different levels. Having respect for them as a human, from having respect for you know their interests, and um, being able to let them find their own way, but being able to uh, push them to grow as well, and to love love somebody unconditionally for their quirks and for everything that that makes them an individual and makes them weird and makes them funny to love that about somebody and not to look for somebody that's you know textbook perfect um but to to love all the little weird things so i felt like that was something that was non-verbally communicated to me by my parents um and yeah, so that that's something at least that that I took from them, mm-hmm. whether they intended to communicate that or not. No, that's true. I've definitely learned that from your parents as well. It's mm-hmm. it's different than where I, how I was raised. Not that my parents didn't try to teach me that, but that's not exactly the messaging I got. I think mm-hmm. my parents were more like like everyone's a contributor to the relationship or to the family or to you know any connection that you have with someone. So I always felt like my parents taught me that, like you know you you have to put into a relationship or put into a friendship or put into a boyfriend or girlfriend that you're going to have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always saw that in my parents that, you know, they were always supporting each other and having to give to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I I learned that for sure from them. How would you say your relationship is like similar or different to your prospective parents relationship? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, just, Having been around your parents for the, the amount of time that I have, having been around my parents for the amount of time that I have, um, I feel like it's a it's a unique combination of both. Where we go out and we do a lot of kind of couples things like your parents do, and we, you know, I, I haven't been around your parents in this situation. Her parents are, are both retired. So I haven't been around your parents in a situation where, where they're exactly where they're working, but having the, being able to, um, support somebody in a, in a professional, um, setting as well that the, that I get from my parents. Um, I, I think there's that combination there. 
Yeah. Actually, my parents, uh, my dad owned a business and my mom worked there mm, as well. Just okay. like kind of like how we work together. Um, whereas in your family, um, your father worked and your mother stayed at home um, with the kids. And so, you know, part of it is that, you know, we're obviously showing up to the same office, which my parents did, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is similar. Although I don't know what their relationship was like at work because I was never really there with them. Plus, I was in like the child role. So it was mm-hmm. I have a different perspective, but I, so I think that we have like the togetherness of time, like my parents had, but I think that, um, like our spirit is kind of more similar to your parents where I think your parents are a little bit more adventurous. Mm -hmm. My parents like, like have their things that they like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, I think that it's kind of a mix. Yeah. Yeah. What would be the biggest challenges that you guys face in your relationship? I think one thing that we needed to get down early on being both, you know, uh, relationship partners and, uh, business partners was having a, a distinct difference between those roles, mm-hmm. um, between the hats that we wear and knowing that when people say, I don't, I don't know how you, you know, work with your wife all day. Um, we get that too. Right. Even reality is when, when you're at, when you're at the office, you are, at least for us, I should say, we're in different roles. And so we're, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a completely different relationship. So it feels less like, to me at least, it feels less like a, a husband wife relationship and more like a business partner relationship. Mm-hmm. I think early on, we didn't have that uh, down as much, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, and so that was something that we really needed to get down where it was, mm-hmm. Hey, when, when we're at the office, we're in business mode, but when we come home, we got switch modes. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that was, uh, a challenge at first for sure. Yeah. 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 But there is something really cool that comes from that. It's the same human that goes from like, the role of being, you know, my eternal partner to, Business now my business partner because right. I still have that huge trust in him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that it it's the same human but just different roles um, because you are still human when you're at work. And so if I'm having a rough day or he's having a rough day, we, we're, we're very much aware of that and mm-hmm. we could be sensitive to that. Um, so it's, it's like a consistency or familiarity. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, yes. You don't have to shift as much mm-hmm. because it's the same person. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I think from early on, we've always had this thing where we always like, I don't know when, when we say it, but I feel like all the time we always say like it's team JC, I mean, team Julie and Charlie. <laughs> um, but I remember that first came up because when I first moved up, um, I came up and I was like all ready to go. I was like, I'm going to start my own thing and get my own clients. And then, you know, a month went by and I had zero clients and I was like, wow, this is what it's like to know zero people except you, Charlie. This is like, I don't know. It's not because people don't think I'm a good trainer or a good person. So it just felt really low. And I remember I had an emotional breakdown, the biggest I've ever had ever. Like, cause I had just moved and I thought I was all badass for leaving home. And, you know, and I remember I probably cried for like two hours, like intense crying, like intense. And I remember at the end, Charlie was like, we're team JC. Like, and that was just like our thing from then on. Like, I've got your back, whether you're struggling with, you know, you're here or I've got your back, whether you're struggling at work. And it's still to this day, like we still like say that and write that. And like, we're team JC. That's just 
we're just together. That like we've awesome. got your back. Yeah. And then the other thing are, are we have a thing called five minute snuggles. So it's like, <laughs> you know, this is our thing. So it's like whenever we'll start it out with, if we're ever mad at each other or we're disagreeing, we just shut up and snuggle for five minutes. Wow. And then after, then we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. So now, like, if I just want snuggles, I'm like, oh, five minutes snuggles. But we also do that when we're upset. You don't with just each start other. a fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But I think it like just reconnects us with each other, and it just allows us just to be for you know five minutes. Or I don't think we set a timer anymore. We no. used to, but it's just like okay, let's just have some human touch here. Let's like remember you're you're my partner, you're my team. Um, and that's, I think that was two big rules that we started with. Like, mm-hmm. we're always Team JC, and you have, and if someone calls five minute snuggles, you're not allowed to not do them. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a big thing. That is a huge thing, actually. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about with couples is that physical contact mm-hmm. is so essential. And especially right in the morning mm-hmm. and right before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how many couples actually do not have any physical contact at all. So yeah. for you guys to be doing that, that's just, that's like advanced class. Well, we have a new thing. We, jo- we joke, we well, joke we, that we, we have eight hour intervals. So there's we like only a, go eight hours. So, so, so it's uh, 6.30 in the morning, uh-huh. 2.30 in the afternoon, which is actually in the middle of our lunchtime. So it's not like we're seeing clients. Mm-hmm. 2.30 in the afternoon and then 10.30 at night. And it's like, it's it like every single day, it's like that, but it's yeah. like a, a recharge. Like I need it. I need it. Yeah, it's <laughs> so great to have lunch. It, yeah. it, it reduces anxiety. It reduces mm-hmm. depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is something that we deal with and I'm sure you guys do too. What do you, how do you handle being in the middle of a conflict mm-hmm. and going to work together? You know, it's interesting when conflicts come up. Um, I f- I feel like for the most part they get resolved relatively quickly, but it also could be that I just stop paying attention. Meaning, like in my head, I just switch gears and I'm in work mode, where I don't. Um, so I I feel like I'm able to switch into work mode relatively easily. Um, you just put it on a shelf then. Yeah, because it's like. Look, I got a job to do. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's coming in and they, they're they're trusting me with their health. Right. I got a job to do. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't you know let something get in my head about that. So I I switch those gears. I, I feel like I switch those gears relatively easily. Um, but I I can't speak for Julie on that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. I feel like I I can switch gears in terms of just jumping into role. And when I am working, I feel very present, you know, so I'm not thinking about like, well, he said this or now I'm irritated. But I know that when I'm upset, um, I'm very quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like but the greatest thing about us working together is that we don't we're not without each other's presence for. Yeah however long Mm -hmm. you know so i know that we're going to sit across from each other at lunch like we make it a point every day we eat lunch at two um and it's not the greatest time to eat lunch but you know that's the time that we always know we'll have right and so um i feel like every time we have a conflict it's you know i probably like eat my lunch quiet and then we always have (laughs) a half an hour like and charlie always knows like well she's not yapping her head off during lunch something's wrong something's wrong you know so then we so then we end up having our snuggles and then you know well you know that's that's a really great point because i think um that that does help a lot just being in even though if we're not interacting right just if i'm in my room working on a client and i hear her out there 
whatever tension was there, I feel like that helps to ease it as opposed to she going to wherever her work is. Mm -hmm. I go into my work and I don't see her for the next eight or nine hours. Mm -hmm. And then we come back and we still haven't resolved anything. I feel like, because like she said, she's really good at getting into role. I hear her being happy. I hear her energy. I hear the Mm -hmm. things that made me fall in love with her in the first place. Mm -hmm. And if there was a conflict at the start of that session, there's there's not by the end, yeah. at least in my head. It helps you dissipate that. Yeah, yeah. big time. Well, big there's time. something, too, to be said to be around, you know, your partner and always get to see them doing the thing that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like every day we get to do that. Not saying every day is great and perfect, but it's like every day we get to see each other do the work that we love. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not the only thing we love, but it's like, wow, I get to see you come to life for other things, you know, other than me. And although I, I'm so glad I get to be a part of that, I know I'm not like the only thing you have in your life. And I love that I get to see you as a human and a person again. And I think that is really one of the greatest parts about working together, whether it's a great day or a day I'm mad at you or something. <laughs> You've messed up. <laughs> right. how, how often would you guys say you have a conflict? Not often. To actually. be honest, I, I really don't feel like it does happen that often. Yeah. Um, if there, it's not that we don't disagree about things. When disagreements come up, I feel like they're they're relatively quickly resolved, mm-hmm. um, or we're able to find some kind of of mutual agreements. But I I cannot remember the last time we got into any kind of extended fight. That certainly nothing that lasted more than a day. Yeah. I, I mean. I feel like we had some challenges when you were traveling a lot. That's I was true. like alone a lot. I, was yeah. like, I need a puppy. I need something. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he would be You're traveling not like the snuggles. Hard. I know. Yeah, was, right. And I think that is like our biggest thing is like the consistency. It's like he's my rock every day. I know. Like mm-hmm. if it's six thirty, I like know when six thirty comes because he's right. You know, he gets mm-hmm. up really early at like five, and I'm like still sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just that consistency of of being around each other, and I can't imagine like being around him less mm-hmm. and when i'm not it's like one like one like if he's traveling and i'm at the office alone i'm like i'm so lonely <laughs> and, all, and also like the clients walk in they're like well it's so different in here i'm like yeah because charlie's not here mm-hmm. like the, the energy is different so um i i i think that the time we spend together is the thing that just like resolves a lot of conflicts fast mm-hmm. it it's like preventative care too because mm-hmm. you know we have our snuggle time and yeah. you know I, I think that's a big thing mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you guys apologize to each other? Usually verbally. Okay. Uh, in yeah. usually, usually verbally. I think when we've gotten into um, into bigger fights, I've you know bought flowers or, or written a card. But I'm, I'll buy her flowers not for for any reason. But so it's it's rare for me to be like, oh, we got in a fight now. I, now I need to buy you flowers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually just verbally, like you know. I think flat out saying I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes I don't know what I did, but I just say, all right, look, right. I need to apologize. I don't know what happened, but you know, yeah. I feel bad about it. I think uh, a lot of our conflicts come from just misunderstandings. So mm-hmm. whenever it, it usually is caused from like a, a lack of communication, like remember, I, I'm thinking of one now. Mm-hmm. Remember when I was all upset because it was like, I was struggling with your, like the drinking in your family. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a big thing because my family, we don't drink. Mm -hmm. And so in his family, they do. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big 
conflict and I was trying to explain like socially drink like yeah, go right. yeah. Yeah. yeah but just like when they're but having a good time for you right. it's different like right. my house we play board games you know right. and it's just a different vibe you know and so I remember struggling with that a lot um because I you know it's just not how I knew how to hang out mm-hmm. and so I felt alone and like doesn't he see this like that I'm feeling alone and of course he doesn't feel that I'm feeling alone or see that I'm feeling alone because I wasn't expressing anything like that so it took a while for me to be able to verbalize that and once he understood that then like that whole conflict fizzled out very quickly mm-hmm. because I just was unable to like say what I was feeling okay. and so I think that um I think there wasn't an apology really needed there but just like oh I see what you're saying you know well it that actually brings up one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you guys is what are some of the unwritten rules mm-hmm. in your relationship? And I should clarify that, you know, so like for one of our couples, one of their unwritten rules is that they don't dance with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another couple is they don't go out um, drinking without each other. Mm-hmm. So they don't do the guys night out mm-hmm. uh, or girls night out. Right. So what are some of those, those un- unwritten rules for the two of you in your relationship? I think like Julia was saying, the, the, the snuggling is a big one. Yeah. Like, and, and she will actually like get upset mm-hmm. if it, if it doesn't happen in the, like in the, in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm there and it's, it, I can't remember last time it didn't happen, but, um, there was a period of time where I would go in and it would be like super short and, and then I'd go and, and that was really frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's something that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, we, we, we put it in, our wedding vows. So I guess technically it is written, but, um, <laughs> but it, it says, um, uh, I will always pour your coffee before mine. Um, and so that's, mm. that's something that we do. And it's even like, like if, if I'm going to have coffee in the morning and she's not up yet, like it's a weekend and I don't know when she's going to wake up, mm-hmm. I'll still pull out two mugs. I'll pour like a little bit in hers and then I'll fill up mine. But it's just that, that constant thing that I am doing something where, yeah, I want to serve myself, but I got to make sure to put her first Mm -hmm. and just doing that every single day as a reminder, especially like first thing in the morning. So that that's, that's something that we do. Right. I think another one is, um, a big one for us is, um, self care, like taking, Uh and this was also in our wedding vows. We feel very strongly about this is like taking care of ourselves so that we can keep being with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that probably came from an idea from our business is like, Mm -hmm. you know, we see so many people that start working out and the other the other person in the relationship starts getting upset because one person's trying to change to be a better human and the Mm -hmm. other person doesn't like that. Right. Um, but I think that's one that we really are like, you know, if one person's slacking off or like, I don't feel like making myself presentable. He's like, come on, baby, let's go. You know, like this is this is how we do it. You know, we take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we value ourselves. And um, I think that that's a big one that we both strive to to um, support each other in mm-hmm. um, and not be you know jealous of the other. If someone else is actually, I think a lot of times when we like text each other, like, I think I'm going to try this weird diet. And you're like, OK can I try it too? You know, and then they'll jump in and I love it because, you know, what time I made him do this weird detox diet where he's like, I feel like death. Can we please have hamburgers? <laughs> but uh, I love that because, you know, um, I think in our work, we see that a lot is, you know, it's self-improvement. And when right. one is doing that and the other isn't, I, I see them start eventually yep. venting like, oh, yeah. mm, my wife's not liking this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm starting to get muscles or I'm starting to like, 
be more confident and they don't like that. And so I like that we do that where it's, you know, if Charlie's like, I'm going to start taking this weird supplement, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Like, why not? You know, instead of being like, well, why? We should still, still do our own ways and what we had done in the past. So I think the self-care is a big one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we have any other unspoken rules? Well, how did you guys navigate the differences with drinking then in your relationship? So I really wasn't a big drinker. Mm-hmm. It, despite... Uh, my family being being very social mm-hmm. um, in that regard, uh, I personally really wasn't a huge drinker. Um, but I would when I would go with them, when I would be around them, rather especially like holidays and stuff, um, I would drink. Mm-hmm. And so that was um, that was a big kind of ironing out period, kind of figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like we've gotten to more of a, uh, a compromise with that and, and not something that we explicitly talked about, like, Oh, you're going to only have three drinks or something like that. Right. Yeah. But, um, just being able for me to understand how she was feeling during that and how, how she was viewing it, the lens that she was seeing it through me being able to understand that, uh, it, it helped put that whole thing into perspective for me. And then I need to ask myself, well, do, do I really want to, you know, put my wife through that every time, you know, we go to a holiday? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the easy answer was no. So, so it, right. it, it was, it was a very simple decision on my part mm-hmm. uh, to be like, okay, well, uh, I don't, I don't have to be a wild and crazy guy, you know, to have, to have fun with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have to participate in every single power hour, even though they're a heck of a lot of fun. I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, especially if it's making my wife feel uncomfortable. Sure. Um, but I think after like we had that conversation, I loosened up about it and I would let myself drink, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Um, but, yeah, in the beginning, you know, I, no one told me this, but I guess this was an unspoken rule that I picked up from my environment uh-huh. and my world that, you know, drinking is, you know, escape from your life. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to be escaping from your life? Like, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's very unclassy for a woman to be drunk or mm-hmm. to be drinking or to be loud and boisterous and, you know, maybe, you know. So in my, in my head, you know, when I stepped into this, I was like, whoa, like, this is not this is, this is, everyone's being crazy and, um, disrespectful, um, to me and to themselves and to others. And that's how I viewed it. Not like, oh, we're having a great time. Like just jump in. You know, this is like, I literally had three full drinks in college, three. And I had my first hangover. The entire like, college? My whole college. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wow. And And I had my first hangover like two years ago after like one of the. She had first hangover. Yeah. After I saw you guys. Oh. <laughs> it was you guys. Yeah. I, I was like, I feel so bad. I feel the worst. And I told hey, that was a great night. Yeah, that was a we fun night. We had a really fun, that was a fun, fun night. night. That it was, was so night. much fun. But I would like to be a good influence. That was a fun yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely had to change my my view on that. Um, well, I didn't have to, but once and, and once that's I an interesting thing. Yeah, once once you and it is like that part of you that had to even understand it within yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is a big part of how we work with people because everyone says communication is the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not because we don't have vocabulary, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's because we don't understand it within ourselves. So how can we express it? And then and then it gets into making rules about it. 
And the rules don't solve the problem. They just keep it from being, you know, too painful. Mm -hmm. But when you really figured that out within yourself and you went, wait a second, that might have, that might not be true anymore for me. And then you're able to, because it doesn't become the thing you thought it was. Right. Which is, that's really important. And that's, that's great resolution. And, you know, from our perspective, that's the point of relationship is to heal that stuff for each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the part of you that's like, my wife is more important than drinking. And the part of you that goes, oh, so maybe I can have a drink then. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. Because it, 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 it loses what it's connected to. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah. And so now I can be in a room and everyone can be drinking and I could be drinking or I could not be drinking. But before I remember feeling like if I stepped into a room and everyone was drinking, I felt very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I felt, you know, hanging out with his family for a while. <laughs> you know, it was like every time I'm, because we would go visit at holidays, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the celebration time. And that's not how we celebrated, so... Cool. Yeah. So you guys found that balance between the two of you then? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I feel like we have, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys want children? Yes. Yes. How do you think that's going to go? In what regard? You guys spend a lot of time together mm-hmm. and you have a lot of focus on each other. Mm-hmm. And to bring that in and it's going to change, you know, you guys like to do the same things physically. It's mm-hmm. going to change your body. It's going to mm-hmm. change your guys' structure. Sure. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think we've talked a lot about, I'm sure we haven't talked about everything that we no idea what's coming, but I think we've talked a lot about how each of us were raised and the roles that each of our parents played and how we were raised. Um, where, you know, Charlie's mom was always with him and was a stay at home mom. My mom worked full time. And so it was a very different kind of dynamic. So I think we've kind of explored that Mm -hmm. a lot. I think we're open to that. Absolutely not knowing exactly how that's going to work. So I I feel like I'm going into this super naive. And and I say that because I feel like I'm going into it much like how I went into starting a business where I felt like, well, it doesn't really matter what happens at the beginning. In the end, I know it's going to work out all right. And that's kind of what goes through my head when it comes to thinking about like, how would I raise a kid? Mm -hmm. Well, it's probably not going to be perfect, but at the end of the day, I think everything is going to be all right. And, and so that, that, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I don't know that I'm, mean, I'm sure things will change. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know to what mm-hmm. magnitude things are going to change. I don't know how long things are going to change before they might go back to how they are if they ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, that's, Things changing or not changing is not nearly as important as the reason why we're doing it in the first place. So we, we have our times during the day when we're together. And the reason why we're doing that in the first place is so we can like be with each other as a couple. So we can, um, so, so we can support each other as a couple. And so the other person can feel supported in the relationship. And if that has to happen in a different way, you know, when, when, when kids come around, the thing that I think would break us apart is if we don't find another way Mm -hmm. to be able to support each other. Mm -hmm. So in my head, it's like, well, it's going to work out. We're going to figure out another way to do that. I just don't know what that way is. Mm-hmm. If we, if, even if we have to, if we have to find another way or not, I don't know, but we're going to find out another way mm-hmm. because 
that's a vital part of a relationship. So I feel like I'm going in very naive thinking, well, everything's going to be all right in the end. It may not be, you know, it's going to have ups and downs along the way, Mm -hmm. but, um, I feel solid enough, um, as a part of this relationship that I, I I really feel like whatever curveball gets Mm -hmm. thrown in, um, it's just a bump in the road. It's not, it's not the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your optimism is just, it's going to guide you through it. Yeah. Regardless. And I, I I feel like that's what, what has allowed me to do a lot, a lot of the, the dumb things that we've, we've done in business, but a lot of, a lot of, (laughs) it's going to take a lot of the risks that we've done in business because, you know, in my head, it's like, why would it not work out? And it, you know, it, it's going to work out mm-hmm. and it may just not be the smoothest path, path there. Mm-hmm. So that I, I feel the same way about that, sure. about, about, about kids. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And, and my, my whole thought around kids in general, as far as like raising them is I feel like a lot of times parents put a lot of pressure on themselves to raise a perfect kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know that I need to raise a perfect kid. I just need to raise a good human. And that good human is going to figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. And that good human is going to have some up and downs and going to make some mistakes. But if you can teach somebody like to be a good human, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean they have to um, sit at the dinner table in the right way. It doesn't mean they need to speak, you know, proper English, but if you can teach them to be a good human, they're going to be able to figure some things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel, I feel like, again, this is me being naive, but I feel like there are a lot of people out there that have raised a lot of kids and a lot of people have turned out pretty darn all right. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not that makes me like overconfident going in, but I feel like, well, so many other people have done that and most people have turned out pretty all right. I feel like we're going to be all right with this. <laughs> Might so, be okay. Like that's, that's kind of my view at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, one, one other question we have is how do you navigate friends of the opposite gender? Uh, like friends, like if, mm-hmm. if I have friends that are females, correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. I don't think we really have that. Yeah. So this, yeah. We um, don't have that. This is actually... This is a funny topic. Oh, my gosh. So, okay. And it's mostly because her best friend, that, that's female, but her viewpoint on it is, like, drastically different than my own. Yeah. yeah. And we've run into that. We'll find out if she listens to this. So, yeah. my best friend, mm-hmm. she is a year older than me, and she is, like, the classic millennial-type explanation of a human that you can think of like want to be a free spirit like drop everything live in thailand for a a month or something you know this like her spirit is is amazing she wants to explore and do everything and Mm -hmm. you know maybe a job is very unnecessary and you know all these things but she has all these friends that are guys Mm -hmm. um and she so I talk to her a lot and we're always on FaceTime together. So basically she's talking to both of us. Um, she's become a very good like friend to both of us, but mm-hmm. definitely for me. Um, but we have to explain to her because all these guys perceive her as like, oh, she's interested in me. Like right. more than that. Um, and Charlie is always like reinforcing like, no, he's inviting you over to like as a weekend trip. Not because you're like buddy, buddy, like you're one of the guys like. 
he'd be easy he's to interested. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I don't, I mean, we have like obviously business relationship type people, but mm-hmm. nothing, no one that knows only exclusively me or him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have girlfriends I'll hang out with and he's guy friends and mm-hmm. that's how we've kind of worked through that. I don't know if we're wrong in viewing that or if that's the normal view that happens or the way it normally works out, but we don't really have We run into some of those challenges where couples have opposite gender friends Mm -hmm. and it creates, you know, a conflict. It creates Mm -hmm. jealousy. It creates this uh, competition for time, right? And Mm -hmm. um, it it does cause a lot of problems, especially over social media and Mm -hmm. You know, Facebook, messaging, texting. So you you are actually not normal, I should say. Interesting. Because a lot of couples that that we run into struggle with us. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it brings up the whole question of, you ever see the movie When Harry Met Sally? No. No, I know know of it, but it's an older movie. But Billy Crystal, he says in the movie, men and women can't be friends. Mm -hmm. And that's because sex always gets in the way. Mm-hmm. It was a very controversial statement, right? And there are a lot of people that have kind of lean on one side of the the debate and the other. Um, but in our experience, what we've run into is that it's true mm-hmm. that men and women can't be friends. You know, and I think the biggest problem is when you are in a difficult time in your relationship, and you can go get soothed somewhere else. That's where you're playing with fire. Mm-hmm. And the other person is only going to know your perception and they're not going to see the full picture. And, mm-hmm. and so you can get a- away with it for quite a while and it can seem kind of okay. But if there's not really good boundaries in place, it's, it's ultimately going to turn into something that'll be a huge challenge in your relationship. And that, that's what we've seen. Right. Right. Now we run into couples where they have friends through their partner. Sure. Right. And so it it kind of creates more of a a buffer Mm -hmm. and some really appropriate boundaries in that way. Um, And that's very different. Mm -hmm. Right. Like your girlfriend is now your guy's friend. Right. But you don't have a separate relationship with her. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like she, they would never talk except for like maybe like one silly word or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like very short. Um, But I don't know if this would be related, but I do think one thing we had talked about in the beginning of our relationship was um, how um, we can't expect that we would fill the other person's entire needs. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the intimacy piece. But, for example, I'm a lot more social than Charlie. So it'd be very stressful for him to want to socialize as much as I want to. So very often we go out, we'll do things together. But then he's very supportive of me going and doing things you know, girl time or going to extra, you know, business events. Cause I enjoy like the yap, 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 mm-hmm. yap. And he'd rather stay at work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and do the work. Um, and also, you know, he has other needs. Like he enjoys, um, traveling and teaching and kind of giving in that way, which obviously takes away from time with me. Um, you know, and I don't need that. So, you know, I don't want to go and assist the class or, you know, take mm-hmm. time away from my home. So I think kind of also understanding that, like, mm-hmm. I can't give you everything you need. I can give you a lot, yeah. you know, in terms of whatever your intimate needs are, your, you know, I don't know what all the categories would be, but, mm-hmm. um, I do know that we've, we've kind of talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. And to add to that, I mean, just thinking about like the, the role of friendship in our lives right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, outside, outside of Julie, it's not like 
I have friends that I see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you hit that weird point in life where high school, you have your friends, college, you have your friends, and then all of a sudden you graduate. And if you find yourself in a completely different part of the country where you know nobody, mm-hmm. you have no friends. Sure. And, and you have to like actually make friends for the first time. And I remember being 23 years old and looking around me and thinking, oh my gosh, all my friends are like over 30. Wow, they're old. You know, like that's, that's why I remember, <laughs> because your whole life, sure. your friends are your same age. Sure. And that was, that was really weird. Mm -hmm. Um, but now it's not like, you know, I, I call somebody up on the weekend. It's like, Oh, you know, Hey, you want to go hang out? It's like, if I, if I have free time on the weekends where we're not working, where we don't have something scheduled, I'm hanging out with my wife as my wife. Like that's what I want to do. Right. (laughs) So, so the friends, the friends that I have, are my friends from college. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll text and we'll, you know, send stupid videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nothing like no part of that. So that's, that's my view of friendship. Like we'll go and we had a, uh, an alumni trip back at, uh, back at college at the beginning of May. Mm-hmm. The, there's like no, part of that, of, of my view of friendship that's happened from the time I was in elementary school all the way through now, where it's like, oh yeah, I could do that with a female. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it, it, that, that doesn't fit into the equation because my view of friendship is one where it's like, well, they're spread out all over the country. Mm-hmm. I barely ever see them. Um, you know, we communicate, you know, through text every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get together, like we do really stupid stuff. Like we're back in college. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, that's my, you know, that's my view of friendship. Sure. So the idea of being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go out and get a, uh, get a female friend or, you know, or develop a, a friendship mm-hmm. with a female outside of a, like a, a, a business professional sense. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I mean, that's that's weird to me. That right. that never crosses my mind. It doesn't fit your definition of friendship. No, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So so when it comes to like, oh well, you know, what if? Yeah, it just it, it wouldn't be conceivable for me. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I have a bunch of of friends that are women that I connect with all the time, and like we go out and get coffee and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That just didn't even seem like an option to me. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well. So, yeah. More? Okay, you got another question. Awesome. It's the good ending question. Oh, yes. This nice. one is a good one. What does your partner do that lets you know they love you? Okay, I know mine. Okay. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Um, mine is, is Charlie's consistency of serving me. Um, and like it's structured into his day to make sure that he does things above and beyond to like, make sure I'm taken care of. Like I know that he is like a big morning person and he takes time out of his morning schedule to do like the snuck off (laughs) that I need. Um, or, uh, I, I, you know, just his structure that he has and that I've become included in that. I think that I remember in the beginning, I felt like very honored that he would do that for me because there's not a lot of other things, distracting things that gets, like integrated into that schedule. And so it kind of reminds me like, Oh, maybe I'm not a distraction or I am. And it's a good one. Or, you know, um, it's an intentional, I'm an intentional part of his day. And I like that. I'm just not like an afterthought, you know, or when I have time, you know, so 
I, I think that's the, the consistency piece of it. So my mine goes right along with that because um, I have like my, my primary love language is, is touch. So being able to just kind of physically be next to her, um, consistently, even if we're not like physically touching, but just being in the, the same vicinity as her, um, that's, that's a real attraction for me. But then the, the second aspect of that is time. Um, and going along with what Julie was saying, um, I feel like one of the things that she does to let me know that, that, that I feel she let me know that she loves me. Um, is she lets me have that structure. She lets me have that time to work, to do, like she was saying, the other things that just like turn me on and light me on fire and that just make me feel alive. And she's not there saying, you need to have all your focus and attention on me 100% of the time. Um, she is, confident enough in herself and confident enough in our relationship that we, that, um, we, we value the time that we spend together, but she knows that I'm coming back. Even if she said, okay, she let, she lets me go and work and she lets me do the things that, that I love to do. And that, that turn me on, that brings so much joy to my life in addition to spending time with her. Um, and be able to have that balance between spending time with her and being able to do the other things that, that I love to do. To me, that's her saying that, that she loves me, that she supports me of, of who I am as a person. Um, and she supports my dreams and ambitions. And that's, that's all I could ask for. That was actually hard in the beginning. Cause I always thought like, geez, I'm like, structured in like I can't I can't believe I'm scheduled time like I'm scheduled um but then I realized like wow I'm loving a human and this human has things that he likes doing too which doesn't mean just like the whole world every move is for me I know many of them are but at the same time I love that um you know I think we both uh, uh, support this that we can be individuals and pursue our own thing without jealousy of the other person or without you know being upset with the other person um and so uh now i love that it's scheduled in because that means i'm important that means that i'm valued um you know and obviously we do do spontaneous things but during the week when we need to get stuff done you know still scheduled part which is pretty great <laughs> so it's awesome yeah so human beings have been telling stories since the beginning of time as a way to bond, as a way to heal. And we hope you guys sharing your story was beneficial for you and for our listeners. And thank you. We really appreciate you guys coming over. Thank you. I want to wholeheartedly thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story with us. You've been listening to Couple Synergy. And for all of you listening, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, please feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian, along with Organizational Director Calvin Javier and Marketing Coordinator Bridget Reese. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.